Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 22 of Just Slap Podcast, the pound for pound number one tennis podcast in the game. Steven Duca, Alex Makataria, and joined by the first ever two-time guest on the podcast, uh, Mr. Max Green. What's going on, Max? What's up, guys? Happy to be here. All right. Well, there's a reason that you're here. This is not just because, you know, Big reason. You're, you're just handsome and, you know, we wanted to have you on or anything like that. The reason why you're on here is because we have a pretty big announcement. Would you agree? I would agree with that. Absolutely. What about you? What about you, Maka? You agree? Uh, this is, I've been looking forward to this for a long time. This has been in the making for a, for a, you know, a while. So uh, I, th- I think no words need to be said. I just got to play something, right? I got to play the, roll. I just got to roll yeah, it. Play it. That's nice, man. Um, listen, so, listen. For people that don't know what that was and are you know very confused, um, Max is gonna have his own show under Just Slap's Tennis Channel, um, which he's you know, a part of the Just Slap family now. He's 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 a part of the family. He's gonna be producing his own his own content, uh, and I'm personally really pumped to see what this guy's gonna talk about because for people that don't know. Um, when it comes to tennis knowledge, and I'm talking like deep tennis knowledge about like tournaments that you don't even know exist, that's that's Max Green. So Max, let's let's have you tell everybody uh, what you know what Advantage Green is going to be about. What can they expect from you? What kind of content are you going to be posting, um, and why they should tune in? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you guys for kind of giving me this opportunity to join the family and. Um, provide a little bit of my tennis tennis knowledge to the world out there um so there's going to be a bit of everything um you know there's going to be some predictions some match analysis uh we're going to do previews of tournaments um recaps um maybe even throw in a couple couple vlogs there traveling playing futures um and we're going to cover college tennis as well as um pro tennis on there so it's going to be a nice little mixed bag of of lots of different things i'm excited for this year i feel like you're also in the perfect situation right now because you know like steven said max i I think your biggest strength by far um is your knowledge of not only college tennis when it comes to mid-major schools schools that really no one pays attention uh, you know that no one pays attention to but also those, you know, the 500, 600, 700 in the world, up and coming, you know, the 17 year old, 16 year olds that no oh, yeah. one that no one knows about. Um, but it's perfect because you're you're in there with them. Like you're you're playing these tournaments, you're you're at these games. So you you will have, you know, this is a perfect opportunity for you not only to start posting set content around ma- you know, major tournaments that are going on. Um, but also to kind of have a deep dive into and be like at the front front row seat of uh, of the futures game and all those players that you that you follow so closely. So it's it's almost it's a perfect it's a you know perfect combination. Absolutely, I'm going to be able to. You know how I always come to you and I'm like, all right, Maka, this is the next big player that's going to crack into yeah. the top ten. <laughs> I, I said it with Jensen Brooksby and look where he is now. <laughs> I'm going to be out there grinding in like Tunisia and turkey finding the next the next fetter 
Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's it. Jensen, and, and Jensen. Whenever, <laughs> yeah, and whenever me and Alex go to the to the local sports book, uh, we'll have all of your picks as well. So we can uh we can fire those up. Actually, you know what we should do is we should film that, Maka. We should oh. we should film a vlog of us like having Max's predictions. We go there. Um, you know, we fire the bets and then we see we see exactly what happens. I'm telling you right now, Max is gonna make a pick and we're gonna put ten grand on it. <laughs> we're just gonna drop yeah, where you gonna find the first time. The I'm, I'm, I'm putting I'm putting my life savings on it just to show how confident I am in Max's picks and, and that's it. Um no, but it's it's you know, I think this is such a good opportunity as well because I feel like, you know, tennis is a sport that gets overlooked a lot of the times especially when it comes to things I'm, I'm just saying like when it comes to you know no one really pays attention to anyone outside of the top 50 i mean maybe maybe huge tennis fans but but uh, like when it comes to mainstream media when it comes to anything like that no one pays attention to those players so it's such a good opportunity to really drop some knowledge you know and and inform people on what's what because i remember we were talking about it and this was when steven you and i we went we had a, a rough we went gambling. It was it was a little rough, but but I remember I was Not like, you know, the, we can we can bet on these like matches, and you were like, well, this you know one of the some of the reasons why tennis is a good sport to kind of, I mean, obviously in our situation was to bet on was because these these you know uh no one no one no everyone bases it off of ranking, and ranking is just not an accurate predictor when it comes to that level. So I think there's a lot of 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 information to be you know, dug up there. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited. So Max, when, uh, when can we expect to, uh, to get the first episode of Vantage Green out there? So we're, um, we're expecting a, a January 13th release date, the first episode. Um, I've already thought about it a little planning to do a bit of a, an Aussie open. We're in Australia. We're in the Australian swing. So got to do a bit of a, the uh the open preview gonna run through the draw gonna um list some of my favorites for the tournament some guys to look out for maybe some potential underdogs as well um so really excited to to pump that first video out that'll be perfect um and then so you know talk a little bit i mean obviously steven and i have our own thoughts on on kind of what you know why we're bringing you on and and what your strengths and all but what you know you obviously follow the tennis the tennis game very very closely and you you more than anyone i feel like know what's out there when it comes to tennis media so can you talk a little bit about the gap that you're trying to fill you know what what is what is currently not out there that you're going to bring to the table yeah absolutely i mean as you as you kind of mentioned the top 50 of the um in the rankings are, are super heavily covered, but um, you know, I'm playing to look into some of the lower level tournaments, the challenger circuit, maybe a, even a bit of the future circuit, try to follow some of the guys that are coming out of college um, and, and talk about players that are not as heavily covered in the mainstream tennis media, but still um, are going to have a big future in the game. I mean, across other sports, you see athletes that are, followed from middle school basketball yeah. up until up until they make the pros just look at zion uh williamson is a perfect example in basketball i mean the guy the guy had paparazzi following him around his freshman year of high school it's just not really the same in tennis um 
so that's kind of one void I'm trying to fill. Also, I'm, I'm a big numbers guy. Um, so I love looking at all the stats and the, the data behind tennis and trying to see, you know, not just, okay, this, this player won the match, but why this player won the match and kind of look at the numbers behind, you know, what someone's doing successfully and what someone's, um, lacking in their performance and why they couldn't, um, kind of break another opponent down. Um, so yeah, I don't really feel like that's covered, um, in the mainstream media as well. I think there's a lot of data that's out there now with tennis, um, and I feel like I could kind of bridge that gap. You were also, I mean, because uh, college tennis is super overlooked as well. I mean, you have yeah. top, top college stars who who no one knows anything about. But you're going a level beyond that. You're <laughs> you're going past just the mainstream college. And, and you, I feel like you, you know, when it comes to mid-major schools and schools, you know, like... <laughs> Like good old Fordham University, you know. Uh, yeah. You know, you, I feel like you know more than anyone when it comes to that stuff. So, are you? What is? It, what is some of the type of coverage that you think you'll you'll bring to the table when it comes to the mid-major slash, you know, um, kind of the lower end of the spectrum when it comes to D one tennis that could be still interesting to follow? Yeah, I mean, if you if we're already talking about how outside the top one hundred and the ATP doesn't get any coverage, then <laughs> college tennis is even worse. And yeah. not only college tennis, um, outside of the you know Power Five conferences, there's practically zero coverage of any of the mid-major conferences in D1 that still happen to be extremely high levels of tennis. Um, there's no one really out there that's covering conferences like ours, like the Atlantic 10. Um, and I know I pretty much know all the all the schools in division one um i want to try to represent each conference um kind of give them the the players and the coaches and the staff the recognition they deserve and and also kind of maybe pick some underdogs some sleepers that that could knock off some of the bigger teams um when uh the ncaa tournament comes around i could i just side note i could totally see max just like you know providing like a detailed scouting report on like USDA, like level fives in like Oregon or something like that. <laughs> just like have like four people watch the videos and be like, well, this is amazing. But, uh, I don't, you know, I think that'd be, I could definitely see it. I mean, I'm not sure if betting is even, if there even <laughs> is betting in college tennis, but if there, if there is planning to be, or if there is right now, I'm your guy for that. Yeah, yeah. 100%. no, absolutely. <laughs> no, that we're getting in early, you know. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta just lay the foundation, and then you know, once you lay that foundation, obviously, there's going to be something there. So it's, you know, it's perfect. Um, no, that's it's amazing. It's going to be super exciting. I'm really, I feel like this also adds a very different dimension to, um, you know, just lab tennis. Um, it it provides a, a voice where you know, voice that a voice of reason, uh, if, if you will, you know, some, some more information. I'm excited to see, you know, what you provide. I think, also, I think just, a lot of people just, are going to learn a lot. Just, uh, just to, just before anybody thinks like Max is like the next best, uh, sports advisor and they could just, you know, lay down their house on, on what Max is saying. Alex, I, I mean, Max, I think it's a good idea. Now is probably the best time for you to just to say that this is purely for entertainment and, or educational purposes only. Exactly. Um, before anybody bets their mortgage on you. Yeah, I don't want I don't want to be getting any like 
<laughs> death death threats to my to my front door <laughs> after I post like my predictions on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. No. I don't want to have to deal with that. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, yeah, no. Educational and entertainment value only. Um, but no, I'm I'm stoked. I'm really excited. Uh I mean I me and Alex have, you know, years of like listening to your insight and you've been right uh the majority of the time. So now now that you got the pressure on you, I'm I'm curious to see if uh if that maintains. I hope so. I mean <laughs> I, I've been I've been on quite a streak recently, so the luck is gonna have to run out at some time, but I'll, I'll do my best. No, it's, it's, we're, we're super excited, but I mean, we got a good, uh, you know, now that, now that we've introduced the big, the big news, the big, the big 2022 moves, um, you know, this is going to be a good episode. We got some good things planned. So, you know, let's, let's get into, let's start, let's give a little sneak peek, Stevie. What do you think? A little sneak yeah. peek into, into what advantage green offers. Um, and you know, we got some, we want to do, so we're going to ask you some questions. We're going to grill you. We're yeah. going to absolutely we're, grill you. This is, this is a lot. <laughs> this is going to be like a, <laughs> this is the interview, right? <laughs> no, but yeah. we, we, <laughs> we got some questions, you know, we, we want, you know, obviously the season's just begun. Um, we're looking at, you know, everyone's in Australia now. Um, so we got some questions on what you think is going to happen in the 2022 season. Um, so let's, let's start with the first one. Who and we're gonna do this is gonna be the ATP edition. We're just gonna do yeah. ATP players, no WTA players for now. Um, we'll do a WTA player edition down the line. Um, okay, first question, Max. Who's winning their first Grand Slam in the 2022 season? If anybody. Yeah, I think this season's pretty open. Um, and I'm I'm gonna have to pick uh, Alex Zverev the. Num- currently number three player in the world to win his first Grand Slam. And I actually think he has his best shot at winning his first Grand Slam um, down in Australia in a couple weeks. The guy's coming off a really good season, um, 59 and 15. He's got six titles last year. Um, he had that huge tournament at the uh, ATP Finals um, where he knocked off uh, Novak and, and Medvedev back-to-back. Um, I just think his game keeps evolving and getting better every year. Um, definitely not my favorite player on the court. Um, and I think you guys would agree with me, but you have to respect the game that he brings to every match. I mean, the guy does not have a weak spot um, right now. The serve was a little bit of a problem a couple years ago, but it seems like he kind of tweaked that out last year. Um, and one big thing that I that I noticed he hasn't lost a final that he's been in in almost two years. So if the guy gets to the finals of the Australian Open, he is almost a lock to win. He what? always he always plays his best in the big moments. Was the last final he lost the U.S. Open against team? It, yeah, it was. Um, Dang, that's crazy. That, that brutal loss. But yeah, last year he went he went six and zero in finals. Talk about tweaking your serve. I mean <laughs> that. That, that final i mean i, oh I think he was God. serving 50 mile an hour serves first serves that was, that was, rough, was rough to watch yeah it was rough. but you know i mean you, you talk about it and that that was just pure you know that u.s open final against team i mean that was just pure um the mental strength not there right that 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 self-belief was just not there and 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 you know i think him winning the olympics and him beating novak yeah uh 
that was that was huge for him. And I think now he understands that, you know, I can be there. I can compete against these top guys and I can, you know, I can win. There's no, there's no reason why I shouldn't be out here, you know, winning multiple grand slams a year. Yeah. Something else I really like about him is that he doesn't lose to players that are ranked below him. You look at all 15 of his losses last year, six of those 15 losses came to Novak or Medvedev. Um, and the other, the other nine were one time each to a player, to a, to a different player. So, you know, he's just really good at getting to those spots where he's able to blast through all the weaker competition, get to the final rounds. Um, and especially in Australia this year, like who knows if Novak's even playing, um, Medvedev didn't look that good in his first match yesterday against Umber. It looked like he was kind of suffering from the conditions. I think Zverev has a golden opportunity to win his first Grand Slam down here. Dude, I totally forgot about that. I totally forgot that Novak is up in the air. Yeah. I completely forgot about that. I, I, I mean, it was a big deal like a few weeks ago or a couple of weeks ago when he was kind of, it was in the media a lot, but it's been silent for the last couple of weeks. And I was going to, because I was going to ask you, what about Novak? Like Novak, that's his tournament, you know, through and through. But if mm-hmm. he doesn't play it, dude, like that's huge. That's, that's, there's a lot of potential there for sure. Yeah. Um, I got one. You got okay. Go for it. Yeah, I got. A, I got a question. Um, Max, who do you think is going to be the breakout player of this year? So I'm really excited for this one. This guy, 65 right now in the world from the Netherlands, Talon Greekspor. I don't know how people are not talking about this guy more. He's 42 and seven last year in challengers. Not to mention the guy is on a 26-match winning streak right now. He has not lost since the second round of the U.S. Open where he played Djokovic. Novak absolutely got him off the court in like an hour and 15 minutes. It was a joke. But then since that match, 26 matches on the run, five challengers in a row. The guy is coming in red hot to this season. Um, he has He's starting his week. I was just looking at the draws before for the um, the tournaments this week. He's starting this week in Melbourne. Um, he's playing Kopfer first round. But something that's really intriguing is that he has a possible quarterfinal match against Rafa. I'd love mm. to see that. Like, if he gets through his first two, that would be 28 wins in a row. He's going for number 29 in a row against Rafa. Um, yeah, that would be that would be something special. What's his so, uh, what's his game style? The answer, by the <laughs> yeah, way. Um, I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. So he he's like he's a pretty all around court player. He's like six two. He moves really well. Big serve, big forehand. Doesn't really have any weak spots. Um, something that I found amazing. This guy played thirty nine tie breaks last year. Like. Just up, not not ten. We're not talking about ten pointers. Just seven points. He won thirty out of thirty nine of those tie breaks. That's seventy eight percent. Like that's Jeez, just that's ridiculous. Insane. That's insane. So when this guy was in the tight moments, like he always was able to close. Um, how old is yeah. he? He's he's not that old. He's only like twenty three, um, twenty three, twenty four. Yeah, I see him like. I'm not talking top ten, but I see him breaking into the top twenty five this year. Um, and he's going to be, he's, he's going to be able to get into any tournament that he wants now with all those points. 
So he's going to just be able to accumulate so many more points at the ATP level because, you know, those challenger tournaments don't give you that much. Do you think that he pulls a Cam Nori and, and, and you know, gets to the finals of, of some major tournaments? I mean, he, you know, Indian Wells and, and I mean, I think Queens was another big one, right, for Nori. Like, do you think he pulls something like that where he, he goes for major titles or, or at least the finals of major titles? I'm not sure if he's if he's right now in the conversation of challenging for major titles at Grand Slams or Masters. Um, I think the guy has second week potential. Um, I think he can also possibly pull off a run at one of the smaller tournaments at 250 or 500. Yeah, he's a really good he's a really good hardcore player, but I don't know if he's he didn't he didn't perform as well in the clay last year. Um, so I think that's why I really like him that Aussie swing. Um, I think he's going to struggle a little bit with the clay um, come that season. Interesting. So, yeah, that's, that's huge. Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to what uh, I'm going to fall. I haven't even heard about that's, this guy, Steven. I don't know about watch you. Him, watch him go like off. Like at the Australian that's, Open. That, that, this is my like, name just, for this year. Follow this guy, Talon Greek spore. Okay, Imagine he gets well. to like the quarters of like uh, of the Australian <laughs> open. Max gets on his second episode. He's like, I told you. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> well, that's what happened. I mean, listen, that's what happened with Jensen Brooksby. You know, I, I mean, think about it. Jensen Brooksby was t- two and a half years ago. Two, two and a half years ago, Max came to me and was like, yo, follow this guy. Um, if it, Listen, we, we have a clip on it. The last time Max was on, yeah, we have a whole section where Max talks about Jensen Brooksby and why he's so good. So if you yeah. haven't seen that, check it out. I'll link it. Um, but you know, that's, I'm, we're talking Brooksby's breakthrough player of the year. And you know, that, that would have been your pick. I'm assuming, I mean, we haven't done it officially, yeah. so we can't say officially, but that would have been your pick anyway. So he, he, he just won uh ATP newcomer of the year yeah, award the other yep. day. So literally, so, there I mean, this is, we got to go two for two here, Max, you know, <laughs> I feel like, I feel like what's going to happen is, is I'm going to tune into Max's show and I'm just going to be Googling the entire time. <laughs> like I'm just gonna have <laughs> who are these guys literally um okay max we got i got another one for you um who is the year end number one for the yeah, 2022 this, this one was probably this is a very tough question i kind of went back and forth obviously novak has had his reign for a while now i really think this could be the year that Medvedev passes him Um, went 63 and 13 last year four titles obviously had that massive win at the U.S. Open over Novak Um, and especially with Novak not there's question marks around him possibly playing the Aussie Open so that's a lot of points there that he's that he's going to drop off that's 2000 right there um and if you look at Medvedev's results from last year, there's a lot of spots where he can gain points. I mean, the guy was a joke. I'm, I'm banking on that he's going to improve his clay court game because the guy was a joke last year on the clay courts. Yeah. Um, I think he won like one or two matches leading up in those Masters leading up to uh, Roland Garros. But yeah, I think he's, he's a great player on, on the hard courts. He's hopefully going to improve his game on the, on the clay. Um, and he's, I think he's just entering the prime of his career right now. Um, and, you know, you know, Novak's going to be another year older this year. How old is he? 34, 35 now. 
think he's turning I mean, 35. I, if I'm 35, right? Yeah. I'm not saying there's going to be a steep decline, but who knows if he's going to be able to play as many tournaments as he did last year, or if he's going to be in the same kind of at the same kind of level. I mean, the guy won the first three Grand Slams was going for the Golden Slam at the U.S. Yeah. Open. That's just I don't I don't see him doing that again this year. He's got yeah. plenty of points to defend. That that uh, looks looks like a lot of points. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see if Novak's going to be able to kind of, because we, I also feel like we saw him get tired last season as well. You know, we saw him yeah. kind of physically, that US, that, dude. That U.S. I mean, granted, the guy was won three Grand Slams and was killing it. Like, I, I'm not saying that he's you know, like his performance is going down or whatever. I mean, maybe there's an argument to be made there, but but you know, it, last year was the first time we saw him kind of crumble a little bit. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see, you know, like you said, Max, he is getting older. So do you think though, um, how do you think Medvedev's going to do in Australia? Cause you were saying he, you know, obviously he lost to, he lost to Humber, right. And he, he, I mean, he looked a little bit tired out there, but to be honest though, sorry, to be honest, Stevie, remember when we were talking about the U S open, the U S open preview, we were mm-hmm. saying he looked tired at the U S open, you know, yeah. when he was warming up as well. I remember we, ha- I had, I had a, a family friend of ours watch, watch him play, uh, watch him practice, and he looked sloppy, like he was just like physically exhausted, but pulled through. So maybe, maybe it's not going to be that bad. I don't know. He's so streaky. It's so hard to get a read on like where he's because like you could see him in the tournament. Like he'll have a tournament where you know he'll have like a shocking loss and come out early and and lose early, and then he'll win the next tournament. Like it's very you know what I mean. Like it's it's difficult to get a read on him. I feel. I wouldn't put too much into the loss um, yesterday at the at the ATP Cup. I mean, knowing knowing his personality, I don't know if he even cares about that tournament. <laughs> it's kind of just it's kind of just to go out there, get some laps in, get some match play. Um, he was probably upset that he had to go like three hours, seven, six in the third because that probably took his legs out. Yeah. Um, but the guy's probably been parting it off in the in the off season i mean he's coming he's probably coming in not at his top physical shape right now but yeah. I, I i still think he's dangerous at the at the australian open um he's gonna be one of the f- big favorites going in anyways i feel like he's also the grittiest player like especially when it comes to the guys like the younger guys i feel like he's just like mentally like he has those meltdowns he has the you know he we saw like you're talking about clay season I mean, remember when he's like freaking out and talking about how much he hates the surface. Like, you know, he has those kind of those freak out moments, but surprisingly he's able to bounce back really quickly. I feel, and I, I almost feel like the freak outs work to his advantage. You know um, it's almost, it almost throws the other player off <laughs> kicking. I mean, surely yeah. if you're on the other side of the court and you see your opponent kick the, you know, kick the shit out of a camera, <laughs> like surely that throws you off. So I don't know. So maybe, maybe it's to his advantage. Yeah, no, I mean, it'd be interesting to see. I'm, I'm, I think it's going to be an interesting season. I hope we have a lot more, you know, volatility than we had last year. You know, I, I, I'd, I'd want to see like a bunch of like guys kind of like, you know, like newcomers, like killing it, like kind of like what you what we talked about with Brooksby. Um, and then some of these like some of these like older guys kind of like falling off a little bit. Like, like Max, like this is actually a good question. Who do you think like out of all these like top guys right now? Um, could see a, like a, a pretty big 
decline in the, when it comes to the rankings next year. This one breaks my heart because he's one of my favorite players. Um, but I have to go with uh, Gal Monfils. Mm. He's 35 now. Um, I was actually shocked. I was looking at the rankings. He's still ranked 21 in the world. And like, I don't know when the last time well, he actually did something. He had an awful year last year. He went 18 and 17. I mean, you're top 20 in the world. He was hurt for a little bit. Yeah, but you're going top 20. You're top 20 in the world and you're having like a 500 year. Um, he went, one big thing was he went five and 10 against guys in the top 50. He had a lot of like easier matches against guys that were outside the top 100 um, where he was able to rack up some wins. But like, as you, as you just mentioned, uh, Stevie, it seems like he's always hurt. <laughs> yeah. That, that, that doesn't get any easier with age. I'm, I'm pretty sure he, like, I remember, I forget, it was a Cincinnati, Max. I think it was Cincinnati. He was playing Rublev and uh, he's like, th- he threw up. Like, he was like, every, after every single point, he's on his, yeah. like, literally on his knee, yeah, like, yeah. hands on the knees, breathing heavily, just looking at you, like, you know, looks exhausted at all times. Maybe that's just how, we, that's what that, he brings. And I don't know what that style, is. But... Yeah, it's definitely like for like it's definitely like some fashionable thing that he's trying to do because this guy is like probably one of the best athletes that's on tour right now. And after every point, he's like he looks like he's like literally gasping for air, which he very well could be, and maybe that's why he recovers so fast for the next point and then does a three sixty overhead slide to the baseline, come back, you know, like like fifty shot rally, like it's it's ridiculous. It's like this guy, this guy, like this guy volleys drop shots, and then and then on the next point, he's like he's like he can't breathe. It's just, it's just funny to see. Question. What what are your thoughts on team this season? Well, Ooh. I saw he's out of the Australian. Yeah. Um, so he's not starting off the year well. Um, but the good news is Clay season's right around the corner after the Australian. That's his favorite time of the year. Yeah. Um, so, you know, guys, when they're coming off injuries, are always going to be rusty at first, first few tournaments just because they don't have match play in. Yeah. Um, I see, you know, I don't see him having a huge year. Um, I, th- I think coming off a big injury like that, it's going to take him some time to get back into it. Um, like a rebuilding so I, year? Maybe a bit of a rebuilding year. Um, yeah, I'm just worried about, about this injury. It's been really nagging for a while. And then I think he was going to go down the Australia and he got got covid then the injury started to to happen again so i don't know what's going on with him right now it seems like he's been training though like he i remember i saw i was watching videos of him like playing left-handed like he's just (laughs) doing the fitness playing left-handed he's sitting striking the ball well you know like (laughs) like well yeah there were a lot of questions well it's great that he's playing left-handed great that he's showing (laughs) off but like weren't there a lot of questions about like after he won that first grand slam, if his, if he was mentally still engaged to go after and win other titles, like he said, he took it's, I remember him saying he took a lot of time off um, because he just didn't have the, the kind of fight to go out there week in week out and, and grind out those matches. So kind, kind of a similar hopefully thing, he gets that back. kind of a similar thing that happened to Agassi, right? You, you reach a certain, you reach your goal and then afterwards, you're you you don't you have nothing left. But I'm surprised though. I'm honestly really surprised by that because I feel like team more than most on tour, at least when it comes to the mainstream you know mainstream guys, 
you know, he's super gritty one. He's got that physical game. Also, like you're in that weird in between stage between like the younger guys, like Zverev, Rublev, Medvedev, those guys, and then you know, Fed, Djokovic, uh, Murray, Nadal, and that whole crew. So it's like I feel like he's almost looking up to the big three and is like, I want to get as many as I can in the books because how can you possibly I may I mean look, I've never won a Grand Slam, so I can't say how can you possibly, you know, how can you possibly, you know, be demotivated. But if you're looking at your idols, you know, if you're looking at the the people who are, you know, uh, in front of you, those those guys have 20 Grand Slams each. So I'm just surprised that he felt that sense of demotivation or he felt demotivated um, after winning the US because I feel like that's like an inspiring thing where you're like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm starting to pick it up now. You know, this is that's a huge achievement. That's like, yeah. yeah. You know, once you get past that threshold, it's anyone's game. So I'm curious to see how like fired up he is from being away from the tour like this last year or so. Um, just kind of sitting on the sidelines. It'd be interesting to see like how he comes back. You know, like does he have that fire or is he still like, whatever, I'm a grand slam champion, I can do whatever I want. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um but yeah. Um, Maxi, one more. Who do you think is the biggest rivalry this year? Biggest rivalry. It's not, it's one that I really want to see. That's what I put down. Mm -hmm. I want to see a little bit of a continuation of the Murray uh, Sissy Pass rivalry that we saw ah. at, at, at the Ooh. US Open. Yeah. Um, especially with, with the big three kind of being a big question mark this year. Um, and Murray's been playing, Murray had a good end to last year. Um, I, I saw his uh, exhibitions um, over the offseason. He's been playing good. Played Nadal, um, right? Yeah, Didn't... beat Nadal, played a great match in like Abu Dhabi. Um, mm. But yeah, I, and they have such different personalities. Like Murray's just such a, a no BS kind of guy, like straight to the point. And, you know, <laughs> Sissy Pass is just, he's all over the place. Like he's playing game. he's constantly playing games. His dad's on the sideline coaching him. Um so that I mean, Murray's a guy that gets fired off, fired up on the court, no matter what, and those kind of things will tend to provoke him. Yeah. Um, so I hopefully we get to see uh, a couple more matches between them. Well, yeah. Last I, time they played, right? They had they had a little scuffle, right? It, I yeah. mean, it wasn't in person. It wasn't like you know they he didn't. I don't think he directly Twitter confronted beef. him. Yeah. Did they have Twitter beef? No, I don't know. I don't know if it was Twitter beef or it was like post. Uh, it was like it was something to do about the bathroom thing, right? The the long yeah. toilet breaks or whatever. Yeah. Um, there was like a bit of bit of some like uh, some cheeky comments made in the post uh, post match press conferences. Um, yeah, I remember that. But yeah, I I think that's a good one, Max. I think that that'd be entertaining. I hope that... I, I hope I hope we get a little. More. I feel like Murray now, you know, in his like older years, you know, I think he's gonna. He's already started, but I think he's going to kind of like let shit fly and he's going to be like, whatever. Like I can say I'm Andy Murray, you know, I can, I can, you know, I can, I can chew out these like younger guys. And I feel like, I hope he does that. And is and cause it'd be, it'd be more fun to, cause you know, he tends to have like sometimes that, like that little bit boring personality in the way, like he's, he's very like strictly business, you know? Yeah. And if we could see a little bit more of him kind of, you know, you know, clawing against these younger guys, I think it'd be entertaining. And Tsitsipas is definitely one of the one of the guys to do it with. I feel like also, but you know, you say he's like all business and and 
and qu quite boring, which I he's very dry, but especially this season, I mean, he's had so many things where he's like the, the, the clown of the, the tour, you know, like he's, he's, I mean, the guy's become a comedian, basically the whole thing with his yeah. shoe and, you know, it's, I mean, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, Murray put his wedding ring for some, for some reason, <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know, I don't know what, what that's about, but that's a, that's a separate thing. But for some reason he puts his wedding ring on a shoe and his shoes stunk. So he put them under the, under the car and someone stole his shoes and then somehow he found his shoes and it was like a whole, like a, it was a whole thing about him finding his wedding ring and finding his sweaty ass shoes. And it's just, it was just a mess. But it's funny that you say talk about Murray because I feel like Murray also was one of the most motivated, even in his older age, you know, in yeah. his kind of the latter stage of his career. Um, I mean, match points against Carlos Alcaraz beat Yannick Sinner, you know, nearly he nearly beat Tsitsipas, right? And that yeah, was a five setter, sets. dude. Like that's huge. That's like he's right there, and I feel like he's also tr he's he's not holding. Like he's not giving himself any breaks, you know what I'm saying? Um, which is really cool to see. I think that's that's very inspiring for for a lot of you know just tennis players in general to watch someone like that, someone who's been a legend, has had such adversity, and then now comes back and is beating these top guys, top young guys. It's insane. But that's that's the thing. I think a lot of it has come comes down to you know that that hip scare right whether yeah. you know we didn't know whether he would be able to come back and perform at the highest level so now it's like almost like every every chance every match he gets to play on tour it's like this is this is sick like there's you know there's a chance that i wasn't even supposed to be here right now so why yeah. might as well enjoy it and kind of you know have fun with it which is which is awesome to see and i think it's going to bring a lot more attention to his courts yeah um all right i think i think we should let's move on to uh I feel like this is the first kind. Of, this is kind of like the first. Uh, I want to call this like kind of a game. You know, <laughs> it's it's like a little little. I guess we can. You know, maybe we'll see this in the future sometime as well. But um, shout out, of shout out Gary V. By the way, because I'm pretty yeah. sure he was the first one that ever did this. Or I don't know if he's the first one, but uh, he seems to be the first in everything he does. But he definitely was the first one to start this game, the overrated, underrated, perfectly rated game. Um, so let's let's get into the the tennis version. All right, who wants to who wants to start us off? Yeah, so we basically you want to start us off. Yeah, sure. So we basically each prepared, um, and this is all gut feeling, by the way. For all the people that are going to be in the comment sections, like, oh well, blah, blah, blah. this is all gut. This is just heart. This is how we talk on this channel. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, so we each prepared like ten players. If I can get mine up, and um, basically, what I want from you boys is. You just tell me overrated, underrated, or perfectly rated. And if you want to add why, you can. If you don't, you don't have to. Do you to. want us to answer at the same time or what? Um, How do you want I to do it? Uh, Maybe we'll, we'll just get, we'll just... get in a line yeah. and then one, you know, yeah. politely <laughs> go in front of the other. <laughs> no, we'll um, just go all right, we're going to start off with, it's been already talked about, uh, Max. I don't know if you know, but this, uh, this player is both me and our, Alex and I's favorite player. Uh, and it's... It's Marat Safin. Underrated. So I'm going to add a new wrinkle to this. Because we talked about this, right? Overrated, underrated, and then kind of just right. Perfectly rated. Perfectly rated. Perfectly rated. I'm going to say perfectly rated. That's blasphemy. That's just ridiculous. I, I, <laughs> it's so <laughs> underrated. 
He's so underrated. Okay. This guy he actually tried more. If he actually like cared a little bit more and didn't want to go travel the world and you know have fun, like he could have legitimately had like I don't know, ten Grand Slams. How many did the he guy, end up with? Like I just a two. couple, right? I think two. two. Yeah. I think two. I think it was U.S. and Aussie, right? He beat Hewitt in the final of the Aussie. Um, had a huge yeah. win over Fed in the yeah. semis. That was like a that was a legendary match. And then I think he won U.S. Open as well. Max, the guy, I, I think he's arguably like one of the most, I mean, other than like Nelbandian mm. and maybe Kyrgios. I mean, Kyrgios is up there as well in terms of talent, but Nelbandian and, and Saifan are like the most talented. Uh, I feel like they're the most, some of the most talented players to ever grace uh, the court, you know, it's, it's there. I mean, the potential that these two had, if he wasn't going out, getting smashed and smoking cigars, you know, minutes before his, before his tennis matches, I think he would have been all right. right. Maybe <laughs> not minutes, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe that's an over-exaggeration, yeah. but you know what I'm saying? You actually have a great story, Alex. I think this would be a good time for you to t- tell everybody your, your Marat story. I do. Um, yeah, this is, so I, I remember, you know, I obviously, for those, for those of you who don't know, I grew up in Russia. Um, I spent the first 11 years of my life there. And obviously that's where I was introduced to the, to the tennis, you know, to the, to, to tennis. Uh, my dad played, so he started me from a young age. And, you know, as you do in Russia, you join a team, you join an academy and, and you kind of, you, you grow up with, with your team. And I remember, I, I forget how old I was, but I think I was probably like nine, nine, 10 years old. Um, yeah, I think around nine and I get to, we, once a week we played at this separate facility that wasn't our main Academy because we just had court time there. And I think our coaches had some deal and, but it was a big, it was a big facility. It was like, it was a very popular one. And a lot of like top players, especially in Russia trained there. And this one day I, I show up slightly late, like later than I should, we got stuck in traffic because, because traffic in Russia is horrendous. Um, and I show up and all my teammates are already changed and everyone's ready to go. And I walk in with my bag, um, and I still have to go and, you know, get prepared. And one of my team, one of my friends, uh, her name was Sasha. She runs up and she's like, Alex, Alex, you won't believe this. Marat Saifin is in the changing room. If you go in there, you're going to be like, you're going to be with Marat Saifin. Like, this is huge. And I was like, oh, no way. That's sick. You know, that's cool. But I, I didn't really, I, I, I wasn't, you know, I honestly, I thought maybe like he would like pass me by or whatever. So I walk into the changing room, straight up empty, just Marat Saifin, like standing there, you know, it like putting stuff into his like locker. So I'm like, okay, this is, <laughs> this is like, it's just me and him. Like, you know, this is big. So I, I go like a few lockers down and we're putting stuff and we're both changing. And, uh, you know, I'm putting on my shorts and I have my shorts on and he looks over at me and he's like, Hey man, those are some, those are some great shorts you got on. (laughs) I I really like your shorts. And I look at him and I'm like, thanks, man. I really like yours too. And then, and then, because I was like nine years old, I look at his tennis racket and I'm like, Oh no way, man. Like you're using my tennis racket. I'm like, you're using the tennis racket that I use. I mean, little did I know. I mean, of course, I'm the one using his racket because it's like he's sponsored by him and it's like his thing. And he's like, yeah, kid. Yeah, I'm using your racket. 
and then you know we kind of we we you know laughed a little bit and then and then we head out and we just watched him train basically the whole time like trying to practice on court as he's like blasting balls like two courts down um but that was that was my my little interaction with Marat Saifin uh and where my love for him began that's that's what now, I say now I'm typically not a jealous person at all uh the first time Alex did tell me the story I have never been more jealous in my entire life. I mean, I was like, how come I, how come I never had the opportunity to compliment Murat's shorts and then, and then tell him he was using my tennis racket? <laughs> no, the, Murat's, Murat's a legend. He's an absolute legend. But um, but yeah, definitely, definitely underrated. I, I, right. there's, there's no question in my mind. All right, next. You want to go for your you second gotta, one? Uh, you want, all right, you want me to go through let's all just, mine? Let's go one by yeah, one. Let's go, go one by one. All right, uh, this one. All right. Uh, by the way, um, I was on the phone with uh, with uh, Max when I was making these up, and I I wish we recorded that because of like how <laughs> random like I just spit out these names. All right, the next one is uh, uh, Yerzy Yanowitz. I literally don't know who the fuck that is. How could you not? I don't understand how you possibly can. There have he been so to... many memes that have been made out of this guy. He Dude. has some some of the most memorable quotes on the tour. Yeah. Wait, like there's what? that like... match the match against Samdem Devarman at the Australian Open where he's outside and there's no there's no Hawkeye or maybe he was out of challenges, I don't remember, but then he was complaining uh uh with the umpire because of a mark. You've definitely seen it. You definitely know who he is. You just don't recognize the name. I, and also, yeah. he got to the he got, he's a Grand Slam semifinalist. He got the semifinals at Wimbledon. When I'm pretty sure, like a year ago, he was like like sleeping in his car, like driving to tournaments. Like this guy's a beast. Anyway, that's not bad. All right. So <laughs> I, I guess where Alex is going to say perfectly rated because he. I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying perfectly. I'm going to say perfectly rated only because this guy was the streakiest player I've ever seen in terms of his level. Like some matches. He would just slap the shit out of the ball around the court. Winners, winners, winners. And other other matches, he couldn't find the court. So for that yeah. reason, perfectly rated for me. I would I would agree. I would agree. All right, next one. Uh, the OG legend, Mr. Leighton Hewitt. I think, honestly, perfectly rated. I would say slightly underrated. Oh, only for sure. Only because of the time that he was playing was so because dominated of how many, by yeah. by Fed and Nadal. Oh, that's a good point. Th- that that's makes a sense. Good point. That makes sense, but at the same time, I feel like the reason I'm saying perfectly rated is because I mean, Leighton Hewitt's a grinder. You know, like he's got he's got no real weapons. Um, he's just outworks you and. I just feel like there's nothing. I feel like if he were, if he were underrated, he would have done more. If that makes sense, like he would have, he would have given Nadal and Fed more of a problem. You know, you look at Novak, you look at Nadal, like those two are also grinders, in a similar fashion to to Hewitt, and Fed has had major issues against those guys. Um, so I don't know. That's 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 the reason why I'm saying perfectly rated because I feel like. If he were underrated, he would have done slightly better against the two, the two of them. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I get the point. It's a good point. It's a good point because if, if he was like, if he just burst into the scene, maybe a couple of years later, 
you know, we'd be like, all right, you know, Lane Hewitt, like whatever. But it's a good point. I just think like it's Leighton Hewitt, you know, it's Leighton Hewitt. Leighton Hewitt, by definition, I think is undervalued because that's his game. He's just undervalued. He's yeah. the guy that's just going to go out there and he's going to fucking battle like hell. And then, you know, it's, I, I, I still think he's under, I think he's undervalued. He, I, I don't know if I've talked about this or if I've mentioned this before um, on the podcast, but I had a, my, my coach um, back in Singapore, um, Shane, he, he, once he mentioned, you know, he's Australian and he knows, I forget what Leighton Hewitt's coach, who was, who he was, like what his name was, but apparently before he would play any, like, you know, how obviously like any masters or ATP 250 or 500 or whatever, um, he wouldn't do this for grand slams, but apparently before every match, he would go to the gym and slam his legs. Like just destroy his legs. Just go first. The heaviest squat. Just, just apparently he would just destroy his legs, and then go out on court. And his coach would be like, "Now you're in the fourth and fifth set. Like this is what it feels like to be in the fourth and fifth set." I mean that if to, in order to do that, you have to be a different type of person. Like you have to be. You have to be an insane. absolute animal. <laughs> I mean that's absurd. That's the most absurd that I've ever heard in my life. Like to go out there and slam your legs before before a two set match. Or, you know, a best of three just because it's a best of three. Like, that's insane. I you love know, how cool. Alex knows the story and he's like, yeah, perfectly rated. <laughs> <laughs> no, but come on. I mean, you can be a beast, but you could still be perfectly rated, you know? It's, it's, he's perfectly rated as the beast that he is, I guess. That's, exactly. That, that's, that's your point. Exactly. All, All right. Next. next one. Uh, Andre Axi. I'd say perfectly rated for me. I think he gets a lot of the the recognition that he deserves. He's not like I wouldn't say he's the he's in the top five of greatest players of all time, but he's still an absolute legend in the sport. Yeah. Okay. And his story. His story is sick too. His, his Do you ever story, read that book? That book. Yeah. That book's a great book. book. And I don't read a lot of books. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's that's my favorite book. Listen, the, my answer is going to surprise you guys because I'm actually a huge Axie fan. Axie is kind of the reason why I got into tennis because I read Open like six times and I was like, "This is my life." Uh, and, except the fact, except the whole like I hate tennis thing, which that was never the case for me. But um, I mean, you know, this guy, uh, I think he's obviously a champion. Like he's forever going to be in tennis history. But I'm going to say slightly overrated, and here's why, okay? The reason why is because I think when it comes to, like, global impact of tennis, I think Agassi is, like, top three people. Like, people, people, especially, like, in the 90s, and, like, like everybody knew Agassi. Like, whether you knew tennis or not, like, everybody knew Agassi. Yeah. I don't think, like, everybody knows, you know. I think, put it this way, I think there are players today that maybe have had, like, for example, like Novak. Yeah. Agassi, I think, in the 90s had was bigger when it comes to global importance yeah. than Novak is today. You get what I'm saying? Like, I think... I, think that's a, I feel like that's a, a big statement. That's a big, is that just because we're in the U.S. as well and, he, and Agassi's an American player? Maybe. The guy, dude, the guy was a rock star. Like the guy was just a rock star. Like he was like a rock star first, then a tennis player. You know? Bro, to be he honest, like a, he was a fashion statement. I mean, I love him. I'm not saying anything about this. Is not like me, like you know, saying like talking shit about. I love Axie. Axie is probably like top 
two, three favorite players that I that for me. But I still think he's like slightly overrated just because of like how mainstream he is. The only thing that I would say though is that's a good point that you brought up, Max, is Agassi, oh sorry, Novak is literally idolized in Eastern Europe. I mean, yeah, in yeah. Serbia, dude, like Fair. he's like he is uh, he's like the Manny Pacquiao. He's he is what Manny Pacquiao is to Philippines. I mean, for those of you who don't know that reference, I mean, it, I'm not going to elaborate. Sure everybody does that reference. I, I'm not I'm not going to elaborate, but he's literally the end all be all for for yeah. so for Serbian sport. And he's I feel a like living that, legend. Yeah, it, literally, and I feel like that trickles down and that impact that that you know. Uh, that uh, the fact that he is idolized has trickled throughout different parts of Europe as well. Um, so I, I feel like maybe if you were at a different place, that, that statement would be very different. These are also open-ended questions because you could also take it from another angle, which is like just what Agassi has done off the court that I would say the majority of people don't know about, but yeah. should know about Yeah, that, yeah. that right there puts him into like way, like uh, way, yeah undervalued territory so it's just interesting it's, it depends yeah. on how you take it yeah. all i'm yeah. saying is, is like especially his earlier career like when he first got on the scene i mean he was like the biggest thing in tennis and he didn't yeah. really do much at the time so maybe he started off as overrated and then went into perfectly rated and now uh is maybe in the yeah. under underrated yeah, yeah. um all right let's all do right, next should one we do, should we do two more and then we'll yeah and then we'll, we'll move do on switch, yeah yeah and then we'll do yes. switch ups yeah um, uh, Jill Simon. I think overrated. I think overrated as well. I think I think so underrated. It, it's not even funny. <laughs> why? why? Why do you feel he's underrated? Well, you tell me first why you think he's overrated, and then I'll tell you why I think he's underrated. I I just never thought he had much. I mean, he's a backboard, obviously, and everybody knows that. But like in terms of natural talent, I don't think he was anything close to his peers i just never really liked watching him play it was just boring to me and he was and he was and he was in the top 10 for a long time so that's why i say overrated yeah i'm I'm on the similar boat with max this is my argument as to why he's underrated because he's a guy who was in the top 10 with like i don't even know what his weapons were maybe the fact that he was just he got to every ball and just like never made a mistake but the guy had like like didn't have any big flashy weapons that everybody else had but he was still like he was like on top of the game for like how long like a decade he was top 10 for i don't know something like five years whatever uh i think that makes him super underrated i feel like more people should know about him than 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 actually do or more people should like like it's exactly what max was saying it's like people like you when you watch him play like people will see that 72 ball rally that he had with Monfils and be like, Oh yeah, cool. Whatever. But then like actually sitting through a whole Gil Simone match. I mean, a lot of people would rather watch paint dry. You know what I mean? But, (laughs) but that being said, I think he's super undervalued. I think, I think, I think how good of a player he is versus how much attention he gets. There's a huge disparity. Fair enough. Um, Last one. All right. Next one. Last one. Uh, Ooh, there's a couple of good ones here. I don't know who to pick. Um, Radek Stepanek. As a singles player. Uh, you can singles, doubles, whatever you want. You can go overall. I don't Overrated. Know, good choice. Overrated for sure for me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say perfectly perfectly where he should be. Yeah, I, I would also say perfectly. 
I feel like he's gotten too like I think he's got too much of a name for for what he's I don't know I I, I feel like I've heard about Stepanek has he done anything in his career that's of significance other than just being like a casual but that's, but that's what I'm player. But that's yeah. what I'm saying. Like I don't. Yeah, exactly. But to me, it's like I know. St- I know the name Stepanek, and I just feel like I shouldn't. <laughs> you, <Yes>. know? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I feel like I don't know. Dude's got probably like probably some of the best volleys ever. Like his volleys are so nice. So yeah. I mean, he, if he's got some crisp hands. I will admit, he's got he's got sick hands. Let, let's be let's be real here. Uh, but I agree. I'd say I'd say about perfectly rated. All right. Uh, do you guys want to give us some names too? Yeah, you want to go for five max or yeah, sure. You go for five. All right. So I went with a couple, couple more current players. Stevie, you kind of focused on the uh, yeah, yeah, legends of the game. (laughs) All right. Brandon, Brandon Nakashima, overrated or underrated? Dude, I honestly think overrated. Personally. I, but to be fair, though, if if I'm being completely honest, I don't know much about Nakashima. I haven't seen him play that much. Like I've seen him play a bit. I don't sure. love his game. That's why I'm saying it. Um, I just I think that he, you know, when I watch him play, I feel like there are a lot of younger guys, like a lot of guys who are just as young as he is, who are significantly better than he is. So to me, it's like, yeah, he's a a, a top prospect, obviously, when it comes to the younger guys. But he, I haven't seen anything. So, you know, so significant where I'm, I'm, you know, beyond impressed. Um, I think so you, I, think I, think overrated. You, I think if you look through his career, I think he like fluctuates between overrated, underrated, overrated. So I'd say perfectly rated. I, 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 to keep it simple, I'd say perfectly rated. What do you think, Max? You know him better would, than we do. So. I would say slightly underrated, actually. Ooh. Let me, let me throw out a question here. How old do you guys think he is? Isn't he like 19? I, I think he's 20? like 21 or something like that. Yeah. 20, like 21. He's, He's 20, I think. Um, yeah, he's still, he's still like completely, he's ranked uh, like 60, what is it, 68 in the world right now. I think he could have a big season. And I really, I actually, contrary to Yumaka, I actually really like his game. I think he has like one of the cleanest backhands on the tour. He does have a, I just don't like his forehand, to be honest. I think it's quite, <laughs> more a little, like, forehand's a little strange. It's, it's like loopy. And I, I feel yeah. like it's just, too, it's kind of reminds me of like a Nori forehand. If, almost you know um yeah where it's like well, that big take back and that's actually a great segue because my next player on the list is the number 12 player in the world from great britain cameron nori overrated, <laughs> overrated or underrated overrated <laughs> overrated actually i don't know i think cam nori is honestly perfectly rated i think he's just solid i think my hot take is i think cam nori is the most overrated player on the tour really <laughs> i think I know he had a great. I know he had a great year last year, but I think this guy's so over. I don't know how he's. I literally don't know how this guy's twelve in the world right now. <laughs> and and he's probably going to go out there and prove me wrong and crack the top five. But I'm just going to yeah. put that out there. I just I just hard betting against him after that. Like just that Indian Wells one. Like that's just hard to bet against him. I, I'd say perfectly rated, but I I understand your point. Max. I'm gonna be honest though. I've got a bit of emotion on my side because he's, you know, boys. He's he's a former TCU player. He's boys with a former guest. Go frogs. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I want to be, you know, I want to. I don't know. I, I I like Cam's game though. I think he I think he does certain things really well. Um, I don't like his forehand. Um, if Such I'm being a stiff honest, backhand though. 
stiff backhand, but he uses the. I feel like he uses takes it early. He yeah he likes if you watch him play it's really I mean it's really interesting he like like he he has that heavy forehand he's back behind the court he's like a few meters back behind the court suddenly if it's on his back inside he's right up on the baseline takes time yeah. away from you it's 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 really strategically speaking from a from a from a tactical standpoint it's it's quite you know phenomenal yeah. um, so that's why I I think he's kind of perfectly rated because even though he's had he looks kind of awkward and. I think if you visually speaking, he might be, you might think he's overrated. I, I feel like, you know, the way he, you know, first of all, conducts himself on court. Second of all, you know, his drive. And, you know, third of all, how he uses his game to then tactically kind of build, um, build or, you know, win matches. I think, I think it, it's, a, you know, he's right there. He's perfectly rated. That, I think that's what makes him perfectly rated. Mm. But next player. I was actually just watching him before. Um, had a huge season last year. Casper Ruud currently ranked eight in the world. Overrated or underrated? Underrated. I think he's got a lot more. I think he's got a lot more in him. I think people are. I think the, that face value you're looking at him. You're like he's eight in the world. Like obviously, like like overrated. I think he's got a lot more in him. I think he's got a lot to prove. Uh, I think he's got a lot of people betting that he's not going to live up to his expectations. I'm going to go underrated. I think, what is he? He's eight in the world. Yep. I I think I think overrated. I think he's like he's similar. He remind he's similar to Cam Nori in my eyes. Like, I think he's he should be like top fifteen, but I don't see him in as a top ten player. How old is he? He's probably twenty twenty three. Actually, he's pretty young though. Fact to be honest. Fact check. Fact check. Steve, Stevie, I am completely 100% on your side. I think this guy. Of course guy is... you are, because it's the right side. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think Casper Ruud is totally underrated. You think I he's lo- underrated and he's top, I, he's eight in the world? That's exactly the point. Not because of the ranking. I think the ranking is right where he should be at, but I okay. don't think he has the kind of recognition that a lot of the other guys in the top 10 have. Yeah, that might just be because it was his first year in the top 10 last year. 23. Um, 23, yeah, right? That's yeah, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. That's pretty That's pretty sick, to be honest. I, th- I think he has a game that suits all surfaces, um, moves really well, um, and he's just efficient on the court, I feel like. Yeah. So, underrated for me. All right, let me give you one more. Go for it. This is guy coming into the Australian Open. I think he's going to play qualities this year, actually. Steve and I were talking a bit about him. Mr. Tomich, overrated or underrated? This is tough. But Okay, overrated or underrated based on where he currently is? Throughout his career. I think overrated throughout his career. I'd agree. I would say- I'm, I'm, I'm with you guys. Yeah, overrated. I would say overrated. I would say overrated uh, throughout his entire career. Currently, at this moment, you can make an argument for underrated. Yeah, slightly but, underrated. Yeah, yeah. But to but be honest, just... though, if I feel like you have to take into consideration his work ethic, like obviously he's underrated 
Mark very good news. Mark yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. If, I don't know if you could put those two, you know, Talmadge and and, and work ethic together. But uh, I, I'm just saying, like, I don't know. I feel like just because he ha- he has had a good run before doesn't mean that he's suddenly underrated. Mm. I feel like he's kind of dug himself into that hole. Um, and yeah, I mean, if he starts working harder and, and and actually pulls himself out of it, then then great. But I mean, the guy is, you know, he hasn't done anything. He hasn't. I mean, he's had he had some good matches, and he was. What was his highest ranking? Wasn't he like top? Wasn't he like top twenty? Top twenty five, maybe, maybe top yeah. twenty. I, I I'm not impressed to be honest. Yeah, he does have. <laughs> I'm not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> top twenty in the world. He's like, I'm not impressed to be honest. I'm not impressed. No. <laughs> Um, yeah, he was like right, 17. Right. His highest rank was 17. 17 oh, okay, that's 17. Yeah, that's, all right, yeah. all right. Fair I'm enough. gonna go, I'm gonna drop a few names. Okay, so first one is uh, Davidenko. Uh, like, I think underrated. one of the most underrated people, yeah. yeah, in the history of tennis. He yeah. was top three, he was three in the world, though, at one point. Was three in the world, never won a grand slam, though. No, I don't think so. He won Did the he ATP make- finals. Did he make a Grand Slam Finals? He must have, right? I think so. I actually watched him yeah. live against Fed in in French Open. D- did he? Did he? I mean, make a he Grand Slam he was pro- possibly in the most unfortunate era to play tennis ever. I think if he oh. was ten years before, the guy would have won like at least five Grand Slams. Yeah, I mean, he's just a brick. He's just a solid, so solid, physical, Beast. but similar, similar to. I feel like similar to. I I feel like. He's a wall, but he also had like he used angles and he was very like smart on court, which was cool yeah. to watch. Um, yeah, I agree. He, I agree. He won the, the ATP uh, year end finals, the tour finals yeah. in 2009, which yeah. I remember. Um, but no finals, two uh, semifinals. Two yeah. semi, uh, he had semifinals in French Open and then uh, semifinals at the US Open. That's yeah. shocking no, to me. Never made no a final. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, I just think, yeah, I mean, for, for what he, again, for what he had, he's just like, he, he, he's just an underdog. Like he's just, yeah. he, his whole career, like, like, like when I think about, it, I think underdog, you know, and that's why I think I, I go for undervalued. Yeah, I, I actually agree, to be honest. I think like if he weren't in that era, he would be significantly better. Um, so I agree. Okay. Uh, Jack Draper. <laughs> can you give some context for people that don't know who this guy jack is draper, <laughs> jack draper is a british young young up-and-coming uh you know player um he what's he 19 20 i think he's 19 in the world or sorry he's Not, 19 19 yeah. you know 19 years old um he's i i've actually i grew up i, I lived in london for four years and i grew up you know watching him play the younger you know obviously he was in a younger age age group than i was than i was in but i've seen him i've seen him you know kind of when he was like that nine nine i think he was like nine years old or 10 years old but he was still playing against you know 14 year olds and (laughs) kicking ass so um but yeah he's a he played novak in the first round of wimbledon won the first set lost the next you know lost the next three um so yeah so what do you guys think i I just looked him up. 265 in the world right now. He's uh, 20 years old. There's a, I don't know. I, I kind of think he's slightly overrated. 
to be really? honest with you. I know, I know you're not going to like that answer, Maka. Um, only because I think it's just so rare now for a guy that's, you know, that had had possible potential of cracking the top 10 and cracking the top 20 to still be outside the top 200 at, at 20 years old. Um, yeah, I, I know. I know he had I know he had an injury last year. Um, but yeah, I just don't see it. I kind of just see him being like one of those challenger players. I could I be thought- completely wrong with that take, though. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like he has a few things going from one. He has a big serve. Um, he's not a huge guy. I think he's like six one, but he has a big serve, like effective serve. He's a lefty. Um, he has a, you know, a weapon. You know, his forehand's great. Um, it's not great when it comes to like if you get into a route. Ra- I've seen him play a few times when he's you know in the last few years. Um, I feel like it's not great when he's in a rally. I feel like it breaks down easily. You know, he has that Kyrgyz style forehand where he lifts the elbow, um, which gives him, you know, when he puts it away or when he's on top of the point, it gives him a lot of advantage. But I feel like when he gets into a kind of a rally situation where someone's putting pressure on that forehand, that's when it kind of breaks down. So I, I feel like, I feel like, um, I mean, if we're doing ranking wise, then I'm, I'm saying, slightly underrated i think he has a little bit more potential in him i think he can go you know maybe like just break the top 100 or you know maybe just be like 120 100 110 um how I old think is he's, he he's like 20. i think he's 19 20 yeah 20 yeah. i mean if he's 20 he's ranked what 260 something right now 265 you said right 265 and he's taking a set off novak at the us open yeah that's I pretty think, good I six one it wasn't at six one two in the first set yeah I think it was 6-1. I, I can't remember. Uh, anyway. My big thing is the guy uses a Dunlop racket, and when was the last time you saw a lot of players <laughs> with success using Dunlop rackets? That's the first thing they need to get rid of. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, wait, well, didn't David Denko use a Dunlop racket, though? He did. That was the one yeah. one exception I was thinking of. That's uh, so funny. <laughs> Your argument but... collapses on itself. He was three in the world, but he was a grinder. Jack Draper's not a grinder, so maybe... <laughs> Maybe he's yeah, got to... Yeah. And, and never got to a Grand Slam final, so... It's true. Um, right, let's do a few more, and then... And then okay, a uh, couple more. All right, um, I'm going to do Taylor Fritz. Oh. I'm going to say perfectly rated. I'm going to say underrated. I, th- I, I think that I think I think Taylor's going to have a big year. Especially in Australia, the courts are a little, um, little on the. But they're playing nice for for his style of game. I think the serve is going to pop off those courts. Um, I think he's in a really good place. Um, I, I've been following him on Instagram. This is a big yeah. thing. Follow your favorite pro players on Instagram to see if they're like mentally in a good place right now. Yeah. Guy just got guy just got a new girlfriend. She's really wait, hold, motivating. Wait, hold um, up, hold up. Yeah, this is new. What? Too. I, did, I did not know that. Wasn't he married? Yeah, he was he married. A kid, he a right? Kid. Yeah, he had a kid with an- another girl, and then that that's over, and now he has a new girlfriend. Bro, the guy's had a kid, has been divorced, and has well, how old is he? Like and, he's, and he's like 20, 23. <laughs> yeah, I think. dude, what the fuck? Undervalued. <laughs> 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 
bro to go through that shit and be like and be killing it on tour that that takes something um wow i had no idea uh okay last one ready steven duca Possibly the most underrated, underrated tennis player I've ever seen in my life. Bro, can literally, I just say something? Can I just person. say can I just say something? Steven Duca, when he has a hangover and <laughs> it's that first first set performance, I have never seen anybody perform better than than Steven when it comes to that. He can walk on court, have a black coffee, be have no warm-up whatsoever, pull out pull out a racket that hasn't been strung in three years. Um and and beat Novak. I'm I'm telling you right now. <laughs> um, I'm telling you. I, uh, I remember. <laughs> can I? I remember um, one classic Stephen Duca story going off those lines, Maka. We were we were in a in a key conference match, and Stevie stepped up in dubs for us. He was actually playing with you, Alex. Yeah. Indoors in in Ohio. Yeah. And like, I think you, I think you were replacing someone, Stephen. Like one of our guys was, was sick, so you you just filled in. You filled in mm. for us in the lineup at three. You know the the team. The team are like, all right, we're gonna slap these guys around, whatever. Mm -hmm. Stephen literally came out and must have had, <laughs> must have must have said something to himself. I'm just gonna hit every ball as hard as I can and pray that it goes in. <laughs> And for the first like ninety percent of the match, shots. I, I was just looking over because I was playing on the next court over. <laughs> Balls are just flying across the lines, like teeing the back corners, screaming so loud I couldn't even hear myself think because I had Stephen like echo reverberating across the uh, the tennis club. It, it was one of the performance, the best performance performances from an athlete I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Well, I listen. I I appreciate these kinds of words, guys. But you have to understand that that's this is why I'm saying I, it's a completely I'm completely overrated because I'll do this once and everybody will remember this. But then uh, there'll be like nine other times where I can barely <laughs> put four backhands into the court, and then people somehow tend to forget that. Um, can, can I just ask you what happens after the first set? Like, what goes on? <laughs> what? What? Yeah. What is if he loses yeah. the first set, the match is over. No, I'll but explain there, to you. I'll there's explain no to you what happens. There's a yeah, switch that, to... that happens. There's something that happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll tell you exactly what happens. It's it's called the gas tank goes on empty, right? So so <laughs> that's typically what the you problem fill her up is before because... the match. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, it, that's it's the, the no breakfast diet. <laughs> maybe maybe it is no breakfast. <laughs> yeah, maybe we yeah we had done the USTA nutritionist. Maybe 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 it was the starving myself of our matches maybe that wasn't a great idea but somehow my energy just would fall off uh in the first set also um that's why i think doubles was perfect for me you know because it just it i love the environment it was you know no you know just just hit just slap get to the net finish the point like it was just so like like just my style and <laughs> burn and, the legs and, out it was one set, you know, it's like, it's like, whatever. Um, and a, a lot on it though, a lot on it, right? Like the, like the importance is still there, but just, you know, it's just like a, a quicker result. You know what I mean? Um, and I just, I always like that. So, um, but uh, no, thanks guys. Actually, I have a bonus one. Uh, I know Go we're a little over time, but I have a, I have a bonus one. Uh, Fabio Fonini. 
I, I forgot to I forgot to, to say Fabio. Oh, uh, I thought you were gonna say Fabian Hanschmoritzen. I was about to. <laughs> oh, no, no, he's super. He's super. He's super super undervalued. We know that, but no. There'll Fabio... be an episode around him coming yeah, up in literally. a few weeks. Literally, <laughs> yeah. uh, I think he's the most overrated player on tour. <laughs> Straight up, I disagree. I literally think I disagree. He's, I, I, think... I think he's super super underrated. I mean, okay, Bro, continue. I, I mean, I don't know. To me, he's older now. He's super talented. So he has like one-off matches where he does really well. But like, he just hasn't... Since, I think, what what was the last tournament he did really well in Rome? And that was like it's a, been a few while. years ago, it's, like it's four years ago, I want to say. Like three years ago, maybe. Maybe more. Um, so he just hasn't... He's a big name. He always pops up. But he just... I, I really feel like he hasn't done anything. So I think he's super overrated. I think he's super underrated. I think he has some of the best hands on tour. I think he's one of those few guys that can literally beat anybody that's on the court. I mean, for crying out loud, he beat Rafa on clay uh, multiple times. I think this guy, it, it just whether, it's just one of those guys where it's like whether he like wants to try or not. Like if he's like, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll try. Like if he goes down a break, he might tank the entire match. So there's that, you know what I mean? But if he's, if he's on and, you know, and he's painting those lines. I mean, I don't know how. Also, he's funny, dude. He's so funny. Like, he's one of the funniest yeah. people. On I'm going to always like, tune into his matches. Yeah. He's the fan I think, favorite. I think one of the most interesting things, though, that I saw from Fabio was, I think it was two two years ago at the Labor Cup when he was getting trained by Fed and Nadal. Just his mindset. <laughs> Yeah. Sitting on that bench, he was like, "Nah, guys, I don't have it. I'm done." <laughs> and Fed and Nadal, you have two of the some of the, I mean, arguably the greatest players of all time. I mean, little, no, two of the three greatest players of all time, pumping you up, telling you to get, you know, to get back in it, and giving you advice. And you're just like, "Nah, guys, sorry, you know, it's over. Like, I just, I just don't have it. Like, like that to me was shocking. To be a top player." And to have to be in the situation that you were, you know, to be on Team Europe and and to be to be being supported by two two of the three greatest guys to ever play the sport, um, I don't know. To me, that was like that was a big that took that that takes points away from me, you know. So that's just that's just my my stance. All right, all right. Should we get into what was the lesson we planned? Oh, let's get into uh, Max. Little, little college showcase, buddy. All right. You, you, you know, we talked a lot peek. about a little sneak peek. Give us a little sneak peek. Give us some uh, some research you've done on on a few few teams you want to highlight. Yeah, so I don't want to I don't want to give everything away because I'm I'm thinking about doing a little epi epi previewing uh, the college season. But I'll give like you <laughs> I'll give you three teams to look out for this year that I think are coming in um, just with a, a ridiculously good squad. Um, Going to start out number one. They're always a dominant team, Ohio State. Um, they have one of the best uh, singles players in the country in Canning Kingsley. They always pump out really good number one players, J.J. Wolf, McNally, Torpegard. Um, the list goes on. Um, they have two guys, uh, James Trotter, J.J. Tracy. They're in their third year. They're in for big years. They added the number one player from University of Oklahoma, Jake Van Emberg, and the number one from Oklahoma State in uh, Matej Vocho. I'm probably butchering that, butchering that name. It's, it's um, common. 
you, it's it's okay. Yeah. This is like a, this is it, like it's a, a common. Now. It's going to be a common occurrence. Yeah. They have. <laughs> by the way, guys, for all those UTR fanatics, they have seven guys on their roster that are over a thirteen point two. So imagine being that seventh guy. You're like a thirteen point two, and you're not getting any playing time in the starting lineup. <laughs> that's good. that's absurd. Yeah, that it's absurd. Uh, it's like me. It's like me. Uh, <laughs> it's like our <laughs> Um, yeah, so they're, they're, they're one of my, uh, big picks for the year. Number two would probably be Florida defending Natty champs. Um, they got one of the players of the fall on their team, the coach's son, Ben Shelton, um, Huge. big lefty. Uh, he's actually won a couple futures as well. They got Sam Riffis, um, who's in for his fifth year, Duarte Valle, um, Andy Andrade, I was actually listening to a podcast with Shelton and he says that um, they got this freshman. Um, he's from Jordan, Abdullah Shalbai. He's going to have a huge impact on the team this year. He might be another piece that brings them to a second national championship in a row. Do we know what his be- strength is? Like, I haven't seen him play. Bring- I haven't seen him play yet, to be honest. Um, I know he has a, I know he's a big hitter is what i heard okay um and then my last my last team the possible not not sleeper at all they they've been they've been pretty good for the last few years would be uh the university of tennessee um they've been good but i'm not sure they've been at the national title level like they're bringing in this year um they're bringing back a lot of players on their fifth year adam walton um, and I also think they have the best doubles in the in the country right now. They have some really strong dubs teams um, going from them. They got they also got a transfer in from Florida, Blaze Bicknell, who played a mixture of three and four last year for the Gators. So that's a huge pickup. Um, they got in uh, another guy from Oklahoma State, Emil Hud who I actually trained with back in the day in England. I, I actually took a set off him, 6'4". I still remember that to this day. One of the, one of the biggest, one of the biggest uh, <laughs> set wins of my, <laughs> of my junior career. Now the, guy, now the guy's starting lineup in, at Tennessee. Um, and then they got another great freshman, um, Mitsui, from, from Japan. So they have a super stacked lineup. I think they have two of the best coaches in the country, too. Um, Chris Woodruff is the head coach. Um, they're just a really well-oiled program. Um, we have we have a couple connections um, with one or two of the guys on the team um, through some of our friends, and like those guys just grind every day. Like January first, and they're back at the school, back practicing, yeah. like late at night, three hours on the court, like two hours off the court. They're they're beasts. So I, I, I see them I see them as as my third pick to to win the the national championship this year. I'm so well, pumped for advantage green. I know. So <laughs> I literally can't wait. I literally can't wait. I know. Um all right, man. Awesome. Awesome. Awesome episode. Uh guys, freaking January thirteenth. Was that it? Am I right yeah. on that one? January thirteenth. 
plus plus or minus maybe one day plus <laughs> yeah. yeah who knows i mean there might be some technical difficulties <laughs> yeah we're, shoot, we're shooting for we're shooting for january 13th but definitely All before right. pre pre aussie open you know yeah. so so definitely watch out for that all right amazing guys subscribe like it uh like all of max's advantage green episodes comment below what you guys think uh and stay healthy stay happy and as always just slap take it easy thank you guys